So the question is, how do women like us, age 50 plus, and dealing with high blood pressure, high blood sugars, and rising cholesterol levels, how do we keep our health numbers under control while we're trying to squeeze all the goodness we can from our life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Join me as I uncover the secrets of living a plant-based lifestyle, including how to avoid taking medicine simply by eating whole foods, shed the extra fluff around your middle without being hungry or joining a gym, make big lifestyle changes even if you think you have no willpower, eat food you love with no portion control. Let's get your doctor to say, wow, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. All this without meds or restrictive dieting. I'm Robin Wong, and welcome to No Pills, No Hunger. Hey everyone, welcome back to No Pills, No Hunger. I'm Robin Wong, so glad you're here. Hope things are going well for you. Wow, so much going on um, with me lately. I have been enjoying so much going out into my local area of Sacramento. I live near Sacramento, California, Northern California, and I've been going out and doing dinner talks or luncheon talks, lunch and learn type talks, and been so fun reconnecting and connecting with people out in my community and learning so much and just sharing Uh, my passion, sharing my passion of motivating people to take back control of their health and really being proactive with their health and and motivating people to realize that our current traditional medical model of treating symptoms is not getting us to the health we really want and desire. And so it has been so fun. Um, I've never thought of myself as being a public speaker. So that's been a, um, I'm learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable because getting in front of people is never easy. But it just, I'm so fired up about this that, you know, as you know, if you've been listening to my podcast, that, you know, especially with diabetes, but also with heart disease and cholesterol and gut issues and fatigue and not, you know, not sleeping and anxiety, so much of that stuff, there's an underlying cause, yet we're not addressing that. And even weight, you know, what is, what is causing it, you know, is yes, it could be, you know, that you're eating too much, but more likely there's more to it than that. And so that's what I just have been loving doing with people is helping them see that, you know, we are, we are so set up of go to the doctor, get, um, get a medicine uh, type approach and yet we're all suffering still. So if all those meds worked, we wouldn't be where we are. But anyway, that is what I've been up to and, and really uh, so immersed in that that I haven't been on here to say hello to all of you. So hello, I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're listening. Thank you for being here. Um, I want to talk about heart health today. And heart health, it is February. It is the month of heart health, because, I think because of Valentine's Day. But when you think about our heart, um, I also think about all those uh, factors that play into heart health. And we know that, you know, not, it, congenital, congenital um, things or there's certain heart issues that aren't lifestyle related, but there's a whole bunch that are. And so, you know, as you listen to this podcast, I hope you think about um, you know, 
how things you're doing are affecting your heart. And, you know, as you know, I talk a lot about type 2 diabetes. And certainly with diabetes, um, there are typically heart issues if you're not managing your diabetes well, because wherever that high blood sugar goes, is it's impacting those organs, those nerves, um, everything it touches. And so that's why heart disease is really um, pre uh, prevalent. And you see it, it happen more with people with diabetes, of course. But you also, did you know that it's the number one cause of death for men and women? And, you know, women, women are, um, they catch up to men in that statistic when they go through menopause. And, you know, women are actually, you know, six to 7% more likely to die from heart disease than they are from breast cancer. But we hear a whole lot more about breast cancer, don't we? And yet heart disease is, an, is really a big killer of men and women. And one of the, the statistics that when I was researching for this podcast that I came up with is that, you know, two thirds of our kids who are in the age of 12 to 14 years old already have cholesterol disease. So what's that meaning for them as they go into, you know, their, you know, as they age and become adults is that they're likely going to have heart issues, um, possibly even heart attacks, likely heart attacks at a much younger age. And so it goes along with this idea. One of the, the ideas that really got me to become a dietitian and become on this journey was that when my children were young, the statistic was out there that our generation of kids were going to have shorter life expectancies than previous generations had had. And I'm like, that just blew my mind. I'm like, how can that even be? We have all this medical technology. We have a prosperous um, you know, society. We have all this knowledge. How are we not having our kids live longer or at least the same? But no, it was actually shorter. And you can see this with obesity rates and all this. And then when I saw this cholesterol statistic, I was like, oh, man, that is just unacceptable. Um, another stat was two heart attacks every minute in the U.S. Um, a half of all those heart attacks happen even when you have normal cholesterol levels. So, yes, it's an indicator, but there's, you know, other things you should be paying attention to as well. Um, and then one in six deaths from cardiovascular disease is from stroke. And so stroke is um, a factor as well. Um, and, you know, you think of a vascular system, we think of heart, right? We think of, but think about where all your blood flows. It flows to all your organs. It flows to your brain. So if those pipes, so to speak, aren't in good condition, if they're not open really well, that if they, you know, if they're not functioning at their optimum, then there's likely there's going to be other issues. Um, one of the things that I thought I saw was that, you know, Mississippi, uh, it ranks top number one for heart disease um, mortality in the U.S. And then you have Oklahoma, Alabama, Arkansas, and Louisiana, they all follow. And so, you know, you wonder what is it about those states that, you know, why do they have higher um, heart disease mortality? And it's likely lifestyle and diet. And, you know, you, uh, you add a lot of high blood pressure, a lot of high cholesterol, and those things fall in. So, you know, I just did a workshop on this topic as well. And, you know, I thought it, I think it's really interesting to talk about some of the risk factors for heart disease. You know, age is one of them for sure. As we age, you know, you have increased risk of narrowed arteries and 
um, damage to them and which, you know, thickened heart muscle, that sort of thing. Um, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, a lot of it is is how we're living our life. And I'm working in my program now. I really structured it differently um, to really, yeah, we talk about all these factors. And I always have, but I'm hitting them even harder because I know that, especially with diabetes and heart disease and actually everything in our life, everything's interconnected. You know, it's really this whole wellness that we want. And all, all these things are impacted. So if, if you're not sleeping well or you're stressed out and you're not eating well, it's going to affect your blood sugars. Well, it affects what goes on with our heart as well. It affects what goes on with our hormones as well. Because if you're stressed out, what's high? Cortisol. And so that's going to be affecting um, other things as well. So everything, I've just gotten so clear on everything is so interconnected. Um, you know, sex is, it, our gender is one of the things that also is a risk factor. Um, men are typically at greater risk um, than women, but women, I, like I said, they catch up after menopause because they don't have that estrogen in, anymore to sort of protect them. Family history increases your risk. Smoking, if you're smoking, please quit. Um, heart attacks are way more common in smokers than non-smokers. Eating an unhealthy diet. Those diets that are high in fat, saturated fat, high in salt, hypertension, high in sugar, okay, um, and cholesterol have been all been linked to heart disease. Uh, high blood pressure, like I said, high cholesterol, like I said, diabetes, I've already said, uh, those are all risk factors. Being overweight, obesity, that excess weight um, can worsen some of those heart disease factors. Um, lack of exercise. That is true of everything about our health. Uh, inactivity uh, is really associated with a lot of um, forms of heart disease and some of the risk factors. It's true of diabetes too. It's true of our gut health with constipation, right? It's true of our energy. Uh, it's just everything, ah, everything's interrelated. Uh, stress, uh, definitely we know that if you don't, if you have chronic stress and you don't relieve it, it's gonna cause damage to your arteries and, and other risk factors. And interestingly enough, poor dental health. So some of the germs, if you're not taking care of your teeth, having regular cleanings, having routine um, you know, follow-ups and doing daily dental care, uh, germs can travel to the heart and they can lead to something called endocarditis. So you know, just know that, um, and we also know if you have type 2 diabetes with those blood sugars, you have to be more diligent about your dental health. So those are some of the risk, risk factors, not to scare you, just to give you the information and see, okay, I can't really change my, my age or my gender, but I can change a lot of these other things. I, a lot of those other factors are, are within, my, within my, um, my scope of being able to be proactive and change. So one of the things I think is new to people is this idea that the added sugar in our diet, and we often think about that with diabetes. Uh, we rarely think about it. Okay, I rarely thought about it until recently about how it affects other areas of my health and how prevalent it was in foods you don't expect. And so there was a 2014 study that looked at high, a high sugar diet and there was association between that and a greater risk of dying from heart disease. And what they did is, of the participants, 17 to 21% of them, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a good portion of them, they had, they had 17 to 21% of their calories were from added sugar. 
And that resulted in a 38% higher risk of dying from cardiovascular disease. And that compared to those that consumed only 8% of added, added sugar in their diet. Okay. So they're, you know, and what they're thinking how that happens is, is that these, this high sugar overload, it overloads your liver. Okay. And then that turns into an accumulation of, and when you're breaking down carbohydrates, you have an abundance um, of simple sugars which turn into, you know, sugar, the carbs turn into, simple carbs turn into sugar. You have this accumulation of fat and then it turns into fatty liver disease, which contributes to type two diabetes, but it also raises your risk for heart disease. And, you know, that higher sugar also raises your blood pressure, increases inflammation, increases weight. Um, and so all of those things um, have been linked to an increased risk for heart attack and stroke. So what does that look like for you? Well, the American Heart Association says women shouldn't consume any more than 100 calories um, from added sugar. And, you know, that's about six teaspoons or 24 grams. Now, does that mean you can't eat fruit? No, we're talking about added sugar. So it's the sugar and everybody thinks, oh, I don't eat much candy. But I want you to start reading your labels. Look and see, is, is that, um, are you, look at your labels and see, is there that label that says, sugars and then added sugars what is that number and i want you to look at your bread i want you to look at your spaghetti sauce i want to look at you look at a lot of the things we eat that your peanut butter sometimes why why do we have added sugar in there okay and so it it adds up without us even knowing so it doesn't have to be that you are eating sugar okay in the form of you know, sugar, obvious sugar, it's coming in other, other areas. Um, the other thing is the standard American diet we're eating is raising those, those things that are adding to our risk factors, uh, saturated fat, trans fat, and cholesterol. So, you know, a lot of the foods we choose, a lot of our processed foods, a lot of our favorite foods, I'm thinking soda and ice cream and um, chips, right? Those things, baked goods, a lot of baked goods, but when you're especially buying them over the counter or you're buying from the store, they have a lot of trans fats in them. A lot of baked goods have maybe coconut oil in them. We think it's better, but the coconut oil is still really high in saturated fat. And they're really high in, in salt. They're typically higher in sugar. And so just know that these processed foods are bringing some of these things that are contributing to our risk factors. And, and many of them are very low in fiber. And so they, um, you know, don't really fill us up. So we go back and eat them again. And so just know that these foods are um, contributing to higher cholesterol and those saturated fats are not helping us. Uh, the other thing is high blood pressure. And so we know high blood pressure can, especially uncontrolled, can lead to stroke, heart failure, vision loss, heart attack, kidney disease, um, kidney failure even sexual dysfunction. And so really knowing your numbers is really important. So knowing your numbers for three different numbers, know your cholesterol number, know your high blood pressure number, and know your blood sugar numbers. Even if you don't have diabetes, you should know where those numbers, what those ranges are. And so you know what's normal for you if you're normal, okay? And so, you know, when you think about high blood pressure, people get really confused. And so the top number is the systolic number. And then the, the bottom number is your diastolic number. And really what hypertension means is that either the top number is high or the bottom, bottom number stays high or both numbers are high. And so 
just know that you want to be knowing those numbers and take it. You can take it at home if you need to, just so you can start monitoring it. So some of the ways you can lower your blood pressure is to really stay at a healthy weight, uh, eat some heart healthy foods that we're going to talk about, limit your sodium. Okay. And what does that look like? Well, it's 1,500 milligrams a day if you have heart disease. It's 2,300 milligrams a day if you're, you don't have any uh, risk factors. I shoot for the 1,500 milligrams, okay? I go for the lower number because why not? If it's healthier, why wouldn't I want to do that? And so when, what, how I typically do it is I look at the sodium on the label of a food. And remember, those numbers that are given are based on a serving. And I want to make sure that sodium number that they give you is less than the number of calories per serving. And so that'll give me kind of an idea. If I keep it under those calorie numbers, um, it's gonna to say that it's, it's lower in sodium because sometimes the numbers are hard to understand. So that's kind of my rule of thumb. And then if you're eating really whole foods that aren't packaged, you don't really have an issue with sodium because they don't have any sodium added to them. So that's the really the easiest way to do it. Uh, the other way to lower blood pressure is get regular exercise and limit alcohol. And what does that look like? Two drinks a day for a man and for men and one drink a day for women. So, um, you know, and so let's talk about cholesterol. Uh, cholesterol, we need it. Your body uses cholesterol. Your body makes cholesterol. All animals make cholesterol and it's a waxy substance that is in our blood. Um, and we need it to build healthy cells. And, and you know, the thing is, is, um, high levels of cholesterol diet, it usually comes from our diet, because our body's already making what we need, really increase our risk of heart disease. And what happens is it starts leaving fatty deposits in our blood vessels. And, you know, and as they, those deposits start to grow, it's really difficult for enough blood to get through our arteries. And just know that those, those deposits start kind of You've all seen the, the artery pictures, right? I have a, I wish I could, you could see me. I have a great one on my workshop showing it. Those deposits sometimes break free and form a clot and that would lead to heart attack or stroke. And so sometimes, sometimes high cholesterol can be inherited for sure, but more often than not, it's from an unhealthy lifestyle and everyone in your family has high cholesterol. It's very similar with diabetes because of the lifestyle you've learned to eat and that you're eating. And so just know that cholesterol responds very quickly to a change in diet and high cholesterol is preventable and treatable. And, and, and you might have to use medications, but most often just through dietary changes and regular exercise, you can, you can get that number down. So, uh, you know, really getting your cholesterol number down is really important. So just know that we want we want to get that LDL below 100. Okay, so look at your total cholesterol, then look at what your LDL is. And if you below 100 is great. If you can get it to 80 or lower, it's even better. Okay, and just remember that cholesterol is found only in animal products, including meat, chicken, fish, eggs, organ meats, and high fat dairy products. Okay, so just know they're animals. They create cholesterol just like we do. And so, so if you're eating those things, you're getting cholesterol. And so really, I think the ticket to lowering your cholesterol and really creating good heart health is to start limiting those saturated fats and that are found in butter and cheese and red meat and, and even chicken and other animal-based foods. And there is so much science around this 
that has shown you that, you know, you, you can, you know, raising your, eating those foods raises your bad, bad cholesterol and puts you at a higher risk. Okay. And so I have to keep always checking the American Heart Association's website because they keep changing the recommendation. It used to be 10% of the calories from saturated fat, and then it was 6 to 7%. And when I was putting together my workshop, I went back and it was now 5 to 6% of calories from saturated fat. It keeps getting lower and lower. And so if you think about what that means, it's like if you eat a 2,000 calorie a day diet, that's no more than 120 calories from saturated fat, that's roughly 13 grams a day. And so when you start going, okay, what does that look like in the food I eat? Because we don't walk around knowing our grams. It looks like an ounce of cheddar cheese has, you know, 9.3 grams of saturated fat in it. And an ounce isn't very much. And then if you eat that and then you turn around and you eat a steak for dinner, a 10 ounce, you know, a three and a half ounce steak, that's four and a half um, grams of saturated fat. And then if you do something with coconut oil. Coconut oil is 80 to 90% saturated fat. So you can see how you could easily exceed this number pretty easily. Um, and, and the good news about that is, is you can also realize that you can eat some and still have those food items in your diet, but it's just, it's like just eating enough. Okay. Um, so anyway, what about chicken? I always get this question and we fell into this category, my husband and I, because he was really worried about heart disease before he got his diabetes. And because his father had heart, had two bypass surgeries. So we had limited, we got rid of red meat. But what does that mean is what it meant we eat more chicken and more fish, a lot more chicken. Um, because, and so what I found out after he got diabetes that we weren't actually being that much healthier by making that choice um, because a typical serving of chicken is 50% fat and 30% of that is saturated fat. And so just know that that's going to raise your cholesterol just like red meat does. Um, the other thing I've come to find out with chicken is it contains something called PHIP and it's got this big old long name, but it's basically a heterocyclic amine uh, that is a carcinogen. And it occurs when you cook something um, on direct high heat. And that carcinogen has been linked to breast and prostate and other cancers. And I thought it was really interesting that chicken also has been linked to more urinary tract infections because of how we process our chicken now. And they found that there's an E. coli strain that's passed to people that, you know, turns into more UTIs. And there's a lot of sickness that comes from eating chicken. I think the CDC says there's like a million people that are sick every year from eating chicken. And so that's a lot. That's a lot. And it's really not bringing anything. There's no fiber in it. Um, to me, it was just too risky. And uh, I know that that saturated fat was contributing to insulin resistance for my husband. And so it was easy to cut out for us. And so... You know, just know that, um, you know, tweaking your diet can make a difference with your with your heart, with your diabetes, with your gut, because we know when um, eating meat also when it breaks down in our gut, it actually creates a byproduct that can contribute to heart disease as well as TMAO. So anyway, so what does it look like to reduce meat and dairy? Well, it looks like we're going to really lean into, you know, legumes 
chickpeas, beans, peas, lentils, um, soybeans, tofu, right? Um, so we're going to lean into those leafy greens and cruciferous vegetables and all other vegetables, as well as we're going to eat whole grains um, because they, they do those foods, you know, the legumes bring us uh, protein. Uh, they have amino acids that we need. The leafy greens and vegetables, we have calcium and other nutrients, the whole grains, again, more amino acids, iron and zinc and some B vitamins, um, you know, some healthy fats from nuts and seeds, even from some of our uh, fruits. And so you want to be eating fruits as well. Okay. And so like I think of avocado, people think it's a vegetable, but it's actually, it's got a, a, a seed, right? So it's got, it's actually a fruit. So a lot of healthy, um, healthy um, uh, fats there. The idea is we want you to eat a rainbow, a very diverse diet that's light on those animal products that have that saturated fat. And we want you to do that for your heart health. Want to do that to lower your uh, blood pressure, to lower your cholesterol that leads to better heart health. And so there was a study that showed that, yeah, you can add vegetables. Yeah, that helps. But, you know, eating more plant foods can reduce heart disease risk by 40%, in fact. But it's really important to be reducing the meat consumption as well as eating the added vegetables. Okay, so just know that. Um, I, I would always say add more vegetables if you can, but also reduce, you know, reduce that meat consumption, that dairy consumption uh, for your heart health. Okay, so I'm going to give you four steps to get started. Number one. Read labels, pay attention to your ingredients, know what you're putting in your body. Look at the saturated fat content, look at the added sugar content, look at the fiber content, okay? You wanna be adding fiber in too. And so then when you're looking at those labels, uh, try to replace those saturated fats. And, and, and if you, you know, really wanna eat something, then try to keep that into that five to 6% of the calories from saturated fat, okay? Um, remember, we're going for that 13 grams a day or less if you have a, a lower calorie diet. Um, I think I looked up a triple cheeseburger has 20 grams and we're going for 13 grams, okay, for a 2,000 calorie a day. So in one meal, you've kind of already exceeded it. And you can see how it's easy to get over that, that, um, that kind of goal. The last thing I didn't really talk about and I want to is avoid processed meat, okay? Um, there is so much research out there. You know, um, processed meats have been, um, they are a class one carcinogen, and that means bacon and uh, deli meat and sausage and all those things that are sort of processed meats. And so consuming five, you know, 50 grams a day of processed meat really increases the risk of um, heart disease by 18%. So, and, and, and it's not great for your gut, it's not great for your cancer risk, all those things. And so just know that if you have to start anywhere, start there. Okay, start there saying, okay, I'm going to find a substitute for my bacon, or I'm just going to have my burger with no, with no bacon on it or no cheese on it. Start there. Okay, that's a great place to start. And then what I like to do is really start adapting some of your favorite recipes and start playing with it and say, you know, this is how we started initially is when we were getting the red meat out, uh, I went to turkey in my chili or turkey in my tacos. And then when we weren't quite at the health goals we wanted to be at, then we started saying, okay, well, now we got to get rid of that or, or reduce it. And so I used half the amount and added beans in for the other half to make our taco meat or whatever it is. And finally, for us personally, we, were, we just really didn't even 
you know, want to worry about it anymore. So we completely cut the meat products out and just really enjoy the legumes. And so I want you to know wherever you are on the spectrum, wherever you are in the process, this is about your health and what's going to work with your lifestyle and have enjoyment with your eating. So I want you to start playing with this and figure out, you know, where, where can I, where's that line for me with how I want to feel and what my health numbers are doing and my enjoyment level. Maybe it's just, maybe it is just doing, getting rid of red meat and focusing on eating the leaner cuts and adding a bunch of vegetables to that. That might work for you. Maybe it is just reducing that and using meat as a condiment instead of as an entree, whatever it were, whatever it is. So the biggest thing is do something, start doing something. Okay. And if it starts with just reading labels and seeing what you're eating and do that. Okay. So, um, take care of your heart. Take care of your heart. It does a big job taking care of you every single day, all day, 24 seven. It works hard. So be kind to it. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in today. I know there's about a million ways you can spend your time. And I really do appreciate that you spent some time with me. Thank you. If you got something out of this episode and know someone who would also appreciate it, make sure to share it with them. We are all trying to get healthier in order to live well, and you can show them you care about their health by sharing these messages. Want to start improving your health today? One place I like to start with clients is breakfast, since morning habits are the easiest to build. That's why I created a guide called Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugars, which includes easy, delicious recipes for my favorite meals to start the day. Pick it up today for free at page.nutritionwithrobinrdn.com forward slash guide or click the link for three breakfasts to lower blood sugar in the show notes. Thanks again and see you in the next episode.